0: Oregon Ducks win the Fiesta Bowl, Bo Nix breaks some Mariota records, the Huskies are in the national title game, Scoot Henderson is picking up steam and the Oregon State Beavers got shlacked, but there is still some good news on the Beavers front. Welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast, I am Aaron Finchers of the Oregonian Oregon Live, along with Brenna Green. Both of us have jam-packed days today, so we're going to try and rip through this in under an hour and a half. We'll see if we can get it done. <laughs> but before we get rolling, uh, please, to us. <laughs> please remember to text JOIN to 503-386-0095 to join our subtext feature. You could have gotten all sorts of texts from myself and Creppy and, and Bill Orm during the bowl game if you were participating. And, of course, you know, even though Oregon football is over with, and Oregon State football's over with. There's still this Blazers season that I'll be sending out subtexts about. You know, and I know you'll be jacked up to follow this team as it heads toward a top five pick. Anyway, Brenna, what is up? It's been a minute. We took out we took last week off. Last week was a busy week for me. I know it probably was for you, family stuff and holidays and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of took the week off. But we're back. And the we most recent back. thing that's that's happened that we care about the most is uh the Ducks and the, and the Fiesta Bowl. So since I just started talking and rambling open this thing up, won't you to give us your initial impressions of the game and what it meant if I mean, anything.
1: You know, this is this is what we expected it to be and maybe then some. Like I mean, we expected it to be a demolishing, but you never know like like okay, is it going to be like a respectable demolishing? No. <laughs> this was um disrespectful isn't the right word. Um let's you know
0: It could have been a lot worse. They it were kinda ni- nice. Worse. They were nice in the second half.
1: They were nice. <laughs> they pulled Bo after drive well, really after drive two. I'm not gonna count that final drive. All they all he did was hand off. So um yeah, I mean they they, I honestly thought they should have po- pulled Bo after the first drive of the third quarter. I said that online. I mean what better? You just connected with your adopted <laughs> brother on a trick play and have the completion percentage. We're done here. Um, but you know, right. <laughs> in my eyes, I was like, "There's no like, uh, what? W- what else do you want? Like, that's like the best way of all time to go out. What else do you need?" Um, but all anyways, right. they kept going on that one, which it's, it's, you know, I, I can't blame anybody. Yeah. Um, this was this was just. Sound. It was a very sound beatdown. Beat I think down. that's. There you go. I think that's the that best rhyme. way to put it. We got.
0: You know, we got bars here on the Oregon Sports Podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I try <laughs> to. We both deal in words for a living, so we try to find the correct ones. Journalists yeah, um, should be
0: the best rappers, when you think about it. Anyway.
1: Oh, Okay. I, Let's I, I see your skills. I digress. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. This was. This was everything we expected it to be and probably a little bit more. Uh, okay, so- but still a very, a, a very, very, uh, yeah, just a very like, I don't know. It still felt satisfying in a way. So that was good, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you so think? what did you
0: think when, when Liberty came out in the first drive and was just slinging it and running it and that beautiful touchdown pass on that first uh, score for them? Uh, what did you think at that moment? Did, did any part of you think, uh-oh,
1: no, <laughs> because you want to know who did that too to begin the season, Portland State.
0: Yep, it happens so a lot. It's it, oh, even back in the o- glory years for Oregon when they were rattling off conference titles and Mario was playing. There were several games where the the, that, the the huge underdog came out hot, right? Just came out smoking. And you know when you practice all week, or in this case, several weeks, you're going to run your best stuff. You're going to get that script down, and you should be yep. able to execute that really, really well. And the other team might be a little flat footed because the game starts and you, you, you execute and you put it together and you score. But it usually doesn't last.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Um yeah, I you know, I wasn't too concerned. It was like, oh, well, all right, it happened. If if we get to twenty one nothing, now I'm a little a little worried. Um, but well, we did a, not that's we, we, that's we did like not breach that.
0: Whatsoever. I mean, uh it was six three at the end of the first quarter. Liberty was better. It was. So I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it, it was just a matter of waiting for the avalanche to start. It, it it was clear. But give I give Liberty credit for coming out, playing playing well that first quarter, giving it all they have. But then it was just I, I just tell the you know. They're Liberty came in. I I looked up really quickly. Liberty's average recruiting class leading up to this season, the last few years, was like one oh six. Between 86 and 116, or something like that, and Oregon's was between seven and 16. Um, so the talent level, regardless of who was sitting out for Oregon, was just was just too much. So you know, so let me ask you this: I made this point, and I'm sure other people did too, before the game that at the end of the day, because people wonder, does it even matter who should? Why should they care about beating Liberty? It wasn't about Liberty. It was about becoming Fiesta Bowl champions. Because at the end of the day, when you put that Fiesta Bowl trophy in the trophy case, it doesn't. It's not going to matter who you beat. Right, you went to the Fiesta Bowl and you won the game, so mm-hmm. landing has a Holiday Out Bowl trophy. You're right, Lanning has a Holiday Bowl trophy. landing has a Fiesta Bowl trophy, so that's that's better than only having the Holiday Bowl trophy, <laughs> no matter how you look at it. Regardless We're leveling of up, that. yeah, exactly. And so next, you would hope you know a conference title, maybe, which is going to be a bear to pull off in the in the Big Ten, and um, and of course trying to contend for a national title, but. Right now, that that's hey, that's nice. You got those two trophies in the trophy case. So, all right. So that's 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 enough about the game. Um,
1: <laughs> Moving on quickly. We'll be, yeah, we'll, be, we'll be, talk before, about we, it a little before
0: bit. we before we evaluate the season and and talk about Bo. I, everyone was appalled by the Georgia Florida State right score sixty three three number four Georgia number six Florida State yeah. and yes Florida State was missing most of its starters Everyone. who opted out or were injured or what have you. And so I got in a little tit for tat on Twitter about that. And my and my point to people who were saying they were missing their starters was that that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. The point is they didn't have a quarterback. And the quarterback they had in play – well, one of the quarterbacks entered the transfer portal. Now, he probably would have played, obviously, there they were in the playoffs. But the point he, – he's gone, which means he knows he's not going to be the starter next year. So that tells you just where he is on the totem pole. And then the other kid that stayed couldn't do anything against Georgia. And so that would have been your quarterback even if you've been surrounded by better starters, that would have been your quarterback against a playoff caliber team. And he wouldn't been able, wouldn't have been able to produce enough offense to make the game competitive. And that was the whole point of why the committee did what it did. And the fact, and I'm not saying it would have been 63-3. Okay. So it, it's 41-17. It's whatever it is. It's not going to be good. They're not going to be able to contend. And Georgia drove that point home. The problem, the bigger problem to me is that moving, well, yeah, more teams are going to make the playoffs now. So it's not going to matter quite as much, but moving forward, I think teams should have to declare how many players are playing. You have to sign those players a contract. They can get paid before you decide the matchups. Because this would have been so much better had Florida State, if if we all knew how many players were going to be missing, if Florida State played Liberty, that would have been a much more interesting game. And then Georgia played Oregon. Instead, we got these two mismatches in these two high-profile bowl games. It's just a waste of time for everybody. So, again, moving forward, we're talking about the 13th-ranked team not getting in and how many starters they're going to have. Are you going to match them up against number 14 or should you match them up against someone else because starters aren't going or whatever, but so it may not matter, but that should have been done this year because we just got treated to two horrific football games because the system's broken.
1: I mean, you know, I can understand how, you know, you just see Georgia, Florida state and you go, Oh, that's sexy. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Right. That bowl committee saw that and said, oh, we got that. We got two teams that could have been in the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's what a coup for us. But, and I mean, who knows? I mean, Georgia could have been a similar situation as Florida State. There could have been a lot more. There could have been a lot more opt-outs at Georgia than there were. Right um so you know then then that would have been maybe more evenly matched but uh that did not occur and so yeah it's it's tough because i mean you're supposed to set up these games and like i said i i know exactly how this all went down it's just it that was the the mystique of it all and then you know you don't think about oh florida's gonna florida state's gonna be pissed and all their players are gonna right. gonna, gonna go. You just don't think honest. about it in the moment. You just see the the names on a piece of paper and go, "Ooh." <laughs> if you're that bowl game, so that's exactly what happened. Sure. People got big eyes and didn't think didn't think it all through. And um, you know, here we are. Because let's just be frank: Georgia Florida yeah, State pretty, is pretty always under. gonna look is always gonna be a prettier girl in the room than Georgia Oregon. So. That's how it happened. That's where we're at. We uh we can we we carry on and yes, the bowl system is broken. You know? What else is there to say? Thank God things
0: are changing.
1: But well, the we bowl system is still have... broken, but at
0: least, but at least we will we want to worry about top tier teams playing in bad games. Go ahead, sorry.
1: Yes. I mean, you know, but we do, we we did, we did have the the uh, Pop Tart mascot bequeathed to us, so you know, at least there's something (laughs) good coming out of all these all this corporate sponsorship money. So
0: positives to be found. Um, Positives to be found. We got the Pop
1: Tart mascot. Right.
0: So we have a 12 and two Oregon team. The only two losses to Washington. We're going to get to the Huskies in a second, but. You know, it's always fascinating to me to look back and see, you know, past seasons and decide where this season ranks. So we're looking at, and some of this isn't fair because back in the day you only played 11 games. You didn't have a conference championship game, but 3, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 13th 10-win season for the Ducks. Only the sixth time the Ducks have won 12 or more. But there are other two losses the only teams that have ever had one loss or less are one two I think four well okay we count national championship games if we count that if we count that loss then there was a 13 and two 2014 team but their loss the second loss was in a national title game and then of course you have 2010 and 2012 had one loss and zero loss so. Clearly, regardless of how you you know spell it out, a top tier season for the Ducks, but no championship, no conference championship. So, where do you rank this season?
1: Like a tier two. Yeah, like if we're 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 going in tiers, I give it a tier two. You know. So how many how
0: many are in your tier one? Like, are you say are you saying obviously it's a top ten season? I guess the question is is this: is this top? Three or four all time, or is this more like seven, eight, somewhere in there?
1: I mean, the number one season is definitely when they made the college football playoff, I would say.
0: Yeah, for me, well, that's, I guess, for,
1: okay. for me, that's number
0: one.
1: Yeah, I think so, too, because they made the national championship game that year. So they had to win one extra game to get to the national championship. Right. So, yeah, we'll put that number one. We'll put it number two is when they made the national championship. They actually
0: championship. had to win two. They had to win two. They had to win two actually to get to the national championship game. Two more than the 2010 team because in 2010 we didn't have the Pac-12 title game yet.
1: True. Okay. Fair. Let fair, alone fair. the
0: playoff. So that team had to win two more. But anyway, okay. so those two, those two. I mean, you make the you make the national title game. Those are those. Those to me are one and two. Like I think that's just agreed. And then after that, it's sort of what you value.
1: Yeah. That win over Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl was a pretty good. That was a good season.
0: Which one, 2011 or 2019? They did it twice.
1: 2011.
0: Yeah, that was the 12 and two season, and there, and one of the losses was that upset at home, the USC. If they lost the LSU in Texas, so that was a, that was a a good like a quality loss. Yeah. So I okay, mean, for me.
1: Yeah, he, for me. Yeah, you keep going. So someone, someone I know
0: who, someone I know who's a big Oregon supporter, a big fan. Um, old school old school duck he uh, he reached out I didn't talked to him in a while he reached out to me the other day and he told me he thought this was um, arguably the best team ever what? and I was like come on <laughs> come on
1: they didn't
0: even win the championship I know but blah 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 like, just barely lost to Washington I like, go, that's the criteria now you barely lost to Washington uh so I, and then i i kind of like gave him my little history lesson and then he texted me later and said you know what you're right now that i think about it sometimes people get caught in here and now recency bias yes. is the thing we all, we obviously. all get obviously but for me here's the seasons that I just flat out i put ahead of it and the teams yeah. i put ahead of the season 2000 yeah. 2001 they went 11 and 1 the one loss that tough close loss to stanford that team stanford throttle throttled yeah stanford comes up a lot. That team with Joey
1: and Harrington—that was that was like the loss of my childhood. Like that one, I mean, I got I got really hit when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah, I got really hit. Like you got that Stanford loss. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember walking down the concourse after that loss, or whatever, you know, walking outside the stadium. You
0: were like ten, and no,
1: you were, yes, how old were you eight or ten? I was nine. I was nine. nine. Okay. Yeah, I was nine, and. Uh, And I remember it was just dead quiet. I mean, it was like, it was like, you know, however many thousand people can can fit into Otson at that point had just attended a funeral. It was dead quiet, and I remember just yelling, "I hate that dancing tree." I was so upset. Between that and the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. Man, I got I got lessons early on in uh, in sad sportsdom. Um. Anyways, yeah, but that was a great season. You are correct. See, that was a great season. Right. Thank you. They Joey won the conference
0: Henry. and they won the festival top five matchup. Tons of yep. NFL players on that team, so that that team is definitely ahead. Um yep. Then 2010 national championship game team clearly ahead to me. And the 2011 is interesting because they had two, 12 and two same record. They won a Rose Bowl, obviously gets a better opponent, but the, the opponent isn't – you know it's not Oregon's fault it had to play Liberty. And we're yeah. getting into a really strange era now anyway because the actual real team isn't playing in bowl games, whereas back then – Yes. Didn't. Now, the 11 team won the conference, and one of its losses was to LSU. They played LSU the first game of the season, as opposed to this Oregon team played Texas Tech. So at the very least, at the very least, it's equal, but I got to give – at the very least, it's equal in terms of if they played, although I'd yeah. pick 11. But in terms of the overall season and accomplishments, well, it's 11 <laughs> because yeah. you you won the conference and you won the Rose Bowl over a good opponent in Wisconsin. Again, not Oregon's fault, but to me, better all-around season. So right now we're at one, 2001, 2010, 2011. The 12 and one 2012 team, now they lost to Stanford and Stanford won the conference. But back then yes. you had divisions, so Oregon couldn't get a second crack at Stanford. Whereas this year's Oregon team, based on that set of rules, would not have even had yeah. a second chance at Washington and it would have ended 11 1, 12 1 with the bowl win. It would have been almost yep. identical type season. But this, this team got another crack and then didn't get it done. I think that 2012 team beats Oregon, or beats Stanford this, the second time out because I think that Oregon team just would have learned from that and been able to respond differently the second time around. But you know, that's, I mean, we all thought a lot of people thought Oregon was win this time and they didn't. So who knows really? Yeah. But what's sad is that that 12 and one team would have made the playoffs probably even, even as an, not a conference championship. When you look at the rankings and what they were, they I think they finished third or fourth in the country. So that to me is like, eh, it's close. It, it, it's truly close. So I'm gonna call that a tie, just because, just to try and give the 2023 season something. 2013, no. 2014 is number one for me. So the next on the list that we could put ahead of 2023 would be 2019. Now again, 12 and two, 12 and two, but that team played Auburn, a good Auburn team led by who? Bonex, freshman quarterback. <laughs> That Auburn team, way better than Texas Tech for your non-conference opponent. And then that Auburn team, that Oregon team beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, a way better opponent than Liberty. Um, and that and that team won the conference championship and did so as the underdog to Utah. Yeah. They were a big underdog in that game. I, I went in that game thinking that Utah was going to stop the best run defense in the country. He was going to shut down the run game and get out to Herbert and win that game. And Oregon rushed for 300 yards. <laughs> I think Verdell had over 200 himself, right? So, again, not this team's fault they had to play Liberty, but still, all-around season. Now, who wins? In the, in, I'm, take, I'm taking that team. Now, a lot of people talk about this year's defense, but that 2019 diff, defense was pretty nasty as well. You had Kayvon, Javon Holland, you had a lot of NFL dudes on that team. So, I don't know. That would be close, but I'm going right there. So, right now, I got this season 6th or 7th all-time.
1: That, that seems fair to me. Seems absolutely fair. Right outside the top five, in the top ten, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you on that. They don't
0: because the other thing they don't really have a marquee win. Like who's who's the big win? USC, Utah. Yeah, no. I mean, though, and Utah fell off and they were banged up. Uh, USC obviously ended up not being that. So who'd you beat? You literally beat nobody. And it's funny. I see people. (laughs) My man George Reiser, love him. Told Doug Homer, he's like, it's clear that the Oregon-Washington Pac-12 title game was basically the national championship game. You know, they're they're, they're clearly the second best team in the country. Oregon is. I'm like, gee, Monique, come on. Now all of a sudden, Oregon, who hasn't beaten anyone worth a damn this season, not necessarily their fault, is now better That's than Texas, better than Michigan, better than Bama, better than... Ju- no, I'm not buying that at all. But anyway, definitely a great team in the history of the program. Certainly, no doubt about that. Um... Their strength of their well, this reference thing has a simple rate rating system that rates that takes into account average point differential and strength of schedule. On that, this season ranks hold on, ranks three, ranks fifth on that measurement, just ahead of 2011, and ahead of 2019, and ahead of 2001. But the thing about 2001 that has to be taken into account is that back then they weren't running no huddle. They weren't running spread. It was more pro style. So it's a slower pace. Yep. And so you're not going to produce as many points and you're not going to have a chance to run away from teams like you yeah. do today with sort of like a fast break offense. So, sort of like comparing the era when they didn't shoot a lot of threes. to when they shoot a lot of threes, well, of course they score yeah. more points. Now every team I, I sit there and watch these NBA games and teams are combining for 80 threes, which puts me to sleep. Whereas back in the day, Teams combined for like ten, <laughs> so of course you can yep. have differences in scoring. Anyway, all right. Anything else you want to add to that?
1: No, I think we, uh, I think we've pretty, pretty thoroughly, uh, thoroughly got to the bottom of it.
0: <laughs> okay, so you take the lead on this one, Bo Nix. Bo Nix breaks some Mario the records. Does this put him ahead of the goat? No. <laughs> okay. End of discussion.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I you know we both agree on that I mean Mario, I, okay I'm sorry it's not just about it's not just about the records like yes it is super like this is not discounting anything that Bo has done like obviously very impressive what what Bo has done this year and the fact that he you know has that touchdown record now by 3 touchdowns is mm. awesome um that's Pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. And also kind of incredible considering the fact that, hi, they didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter. So all of his touchdowns came in a quarter and a half, basically. (laughs) Like, that's insane to think about. Because like I said, he got pulled. Um, He did not, you know, that that third drive he went out on in the first, in the second half. (laughs) Yeah. That that was a uh, that was that was a, a nice little parade for him. So um, he he didn't throw a pass on that drive, um, and so and he only played two plays. And the only reason why he played two plays is because first one somebody got out and got a penalty. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, super impressive what Bo has done. You know all that sort of stuff, Bo. But it's but it's but it's but it's it's not just about where he stands statistically. Marcus went to a college football playoff national championship game. Until you do that, you will never be – until until a quarterback wins a national championship for Oregon, you will never be considered the GOAT at Oregon above him because he is the one who led them there. So that's, that's kind of just that's, – that's just – it's very cut and dry for me. Like you can have all the statistical stuff you want until you win more than him. We can't put you in that discussion.
0: Agreed. Um, So I will, I will say, I mean, statistically right here in front of us that both clearly statistically had the greatest passing season in ducks history. Yes. Um, you know, 77.4% Marcus was that Statistically
1: 68. passing, passing, passing yards, season in the country. 40, yeah,
0: 4,500 to 4,554. Now, Marcus had average yards per attempt. Still, 45 touchdowns, only three picks, which is stupid. I mean, I thought 42 yeah. touchdowns with four picks was stupid. And, and that fourth pick came on the line, like one of the last plays of the National title game, like a desperation throw. <clears throat> uh 188 rating to 187 and Bo did all of that in 14 games compared to 15 for Marcus. So yeah, you can say greatest passing season regardless, you know, breaking down opponents and things like that. Um but you know, h- here's the big s- separation point. Marcus that year rushed for 796 yards and 16 touchdowns.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? So that so the total touchdowns then jumps up to 58 which, again, is stupid, whereas Bo rushed for six. Now, the year before, he rushed for 15, but, a lot, man, a lot of those were one-yard touchdowns. It was crazy. If I was a running back on that team last year, I'd have been pissed because <laughs> Bo, Bo kept running it on like one and two-yard touchdowns, which, to me, are like, I don't know, any quarterback can do that. But regardless, yeah. he, he obviously, obviously he's a legit dual-threat quarterback. He didn't run as much this past season, but regardless, greatest season ever still, by far, Marcus, and still the GOAT, like you said. I mean, he, he won a conference title. He won a playoff game. They played Michigan state that year, a really good Michigan state team that was ranked top 10 when they played them versus, you know, Oregon playing Texas tech this year, Marcus's biggest wins was that the conference championship game. Um, And then there was some, you know, some good conference games. Cause that, that year, the conference had six teams finish ranked in the top 25. I don't know what the final rankings were this year. Have you looked at those yet? But um, I, you know, I sometimes have to remind people, People debate, you know, greatest seasons ever, and some people bring up 2010. Well, 2010, only two teams in the conference finished ranked in the top 25, both top 10: Stanford and Oregon. But that 2014 season had 14 teams. So right now, after the bowl season, the Pac-12 is looking at who being ranked. Oregon State's going to fall out. Arizona should stay in. Washington, obviously, Oregon. Oregon. So three. So that 2014 conference was far deeper and better. It would dude, people were killing me early in the season talking about oh my god, the Pac-12 is so deep and so amazing. There should be multiple teams in the playoffs. It's a shame there won't be enough playoff spots for four teams because this is like, come on, this is like three or four games in the season. You let the season play out. So, anyway, for all those reasons, Mark is still the king, but damn. Bo 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 saved the quarterback situation at Oregon. And I, mm-hmm. I knew at the end of that, or middle. Well, when was clear they. It was clear that they knew Ty Thompson wasn't ready his freshman year. There was no way Mario or anyone was going to put all their eggs in that basket coming into the next season, and so. You know it, it was clear they were going to go out and get a, get a transfer, and it turned out being Landing to do that, and he got a familiar face who he coached against, and someone Dillingham had coached, and that guy resurrected his career here, and. It may have just been two seasons, but definitely, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the history of the program. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And without him, you know, I made this comment on Twitter and people freaked out. I said, without the transfer portal, which included getting him and paying in in the NIL, Oregon might have been 16 and 10. Because I I think he's at least a five-game war over two seasons, at least. Um, Now, they could have gotten someone else, but I don't think they would have gotten someone at this level. And we'll see what Gabriel does last year. but. Bo Nix flying in here. It's it's a, it's it's akin to what Achilles Smith did um, when they got when Masoli came in. Uh, Oregon's had Oregon had and, and Vern Adams got hurt, broke his fingers. So we didn't, and he got hurt in Alamo Bowl. But man, Vern Adams lit the Pac-12 up for like a seven game stretch. It was ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, Oregon's done pretty well with transfers over the years, and it looks like that's going to be the norm <laughs> from now on because you already have two transfers in the pipeline. For the for the next three years at Oregon, but uh, yeah, props to Bo Nix for a great season. Very impressive to watch.
1: Also, just side note: very unfortunate that the Ducks somehow kind of got in a weird way, jobbed, and didn't get to play Arizona this year. Because at least they would have had if they would have beat Arizona. At least they have something else. But I mean, yeah, all they have is U Dub now. It's just kind of it's kind of weird. It's very weird how the season all turned out. I know. Very very weird. Very weird. Um, hey. Oh you well know,
0: wow. what are you gonna do? 12 and 2 is a great season, move forward. But exactly. But aside from the ducks oh, not getting into the playoffs, what well, they definitely were a playoff caliber, whether they got in or not. And they definitely would have been in next year, and this team would have been. The next worst thing that could possibly happen <laughs> is playing out. You are a duck fan, Brenna. How are you feeling about the fact that the Huskies are in the national championship game?
1: Okay, let's go a little bit deeper here. (laughs) All right? (laughs) Not only did I grow up a Duck fan, but then I went to Gonzaga. Um, Back in the years when our friend Lorenzo Romar was too chicken to play us. Why? Why is that? Oh, that's because we beat them every time. Okay, He said, I'm done with this. I'm done getting smoked by Gonzaga. I'm not playing this series anymore. So you've got somebody who grew up with a dad that literally has, I'm not joking. I, this is There are like two things I want to make sure I get when my parents unfortunately leave this earth. One of them is the foosball table. Because I like <laughs> that thing. And the number two thing is that we have a painting in our house of the pick. Okay, we have a painting. So Can't I don't think I score. can. Can't wait has got to car. Exactly. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, like that's when people ask me how big of a duck family I grew up in. I'm like, we have a painting of the pick. Who else has a painting of the pick in their house? Hello. Keep it classy, baby. Uh, I love it. Um, And then I went to Gonzaga, like I said, where they refused to play us because they were too chicken. And then on top of it, I go back to Spokane, cover Gonzaga, and I cover WSU. And um, things did not go well. Well, you know what? WSU did beat UW once while I was there, but I was actually not at that game, which is... I went to the previous two. Maybe it was me. Um, I went to the previous two, but I was not at that game because I was in Vegas covering Gonzaga playing Duke that night. Um, so, anyways. What I am laying out for <laughs> the fine people listening to our podcast is this. I was kind of born and bred to dislike them. Now, like, I think, especially in this business everything fades so do i dislike them as much as i disliked them as a kid no okay no that's not where it's at or even as a you know a a 20 something like no it's not as strong but do i have it i mean i have to find within my heart to root for jim harbaugh in michigan on monday this is just, this is devastating. I texted somebody yesterday <laughs> after Michigan won, and I said, you better not win tonight because then I'm going to have to root for Michigan? I mean, there really was no good options here, but Michigan, especially after this year?
0: They're innocent. Just kidding. <laughs> you used <should> to see the <laughs> look, Brenner, the look it, it, Brenner just gave me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're if you're just listening right now, whoo, you missed a you missed a classic, Brenna. Woo! Excuse me. The um, glare. Anyway. So yeah. Anyways, uh, this stinks. But you know, I, I saw the point that you made on Talking Ducks uh, last week about if Dub wins, this is going to be awful on Twitter and just in every sort of facet of life that UW. Can hold over ducks fans that they have a legit national championship and i thought to myself oh man he's so right he's so right he wins so there you go you made a very salient point i try to I... root for west coast i try i try to always root for west coast in almost everything but you are right i cannot do it here I cannot do it here
0: I yeah uh so what I I first got on Twitter in 2007. So 16 years, damn.
1: Wow. And Look at you.
0: That was in the that was in the early stages of the Ducks winning 12 in a row over Washington. And then Washington got that huge beat down in 2016 and won the conference. And Washington won the conference again since, right? Besides this year?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, Yeah. they won it when they went to the college football playoff.
0: Right. That was at 16, but I think, haven't they won it again since then? Before this year? Is this their third? No, no. They haven't. Okay. Regardless, I'm trying to look it up as I talk. Um, Yeah, I understand. Oregon had a lot of reason to talk a lot of trash because they had that four and six years they went to the national championship game they had a heisman they won 12 in a row right and so yeah they won in 18 16 and 18 so they've won three in eight years oregon's won two one's tainted (laughs) 2020 will always be tainted because they couldn't even play washington because of covid but regardless um so there was a lot oregon had a lot going for it in terms of trashing on Washington for a long time and Washington fans would always bring up 1991 because they won, they split the national title with Miami. Another great example of why college football is stupid because those two, those two teams should have played, but I'll let that go. It's been 30 something years. I'll let it go. Um, But if Washington (laughs) were to rise up and and, in like, the, the Oregon and its fascination with recruiting, with fans, especially on online, and its fascination with recruiting and rankings and stuff has just been nauseating for me. Like, it's important, but it's just been... They just talk so much trash, and they they talk all this crap about Mario's classes, and most of those kids end up in the portal. And it's not like they haven't produced success. Obviously, they have, but it just becomes this thing with Oregon that the flock is hot, and we got this ranked class and blah, blah. And here's Washington, just been hanging out with its... Measly little 20-something ranked, you know, 30-something ranked recruiting classes or whatever. And now they're in a position to win it all. And if they they are able to win it all after everything Oregon has done to pour all of this money into facilities, into uniforms, into building the brand, into um, now with the NIL and all of these things, for, for Washington to rise from the ashes. They were 0-12, however many years ago that was, to rise from the ashes and win a national title and do so by beating Oregon twice. Once when they were 10-point dogs in the conference title game when everyone, including myself, thought Oregon was going to win based on common opponents and what had happened since the first time they played, would just be monumentally devastating <laughs> because, let me just say this right now, Oregon fan, you can't say jack to Washington other than if you beat them. Like you can talk about that game, but you can't say anything program wise for a long time until yep. Oregon wins a national title, like period. Like Washington will be able to hold that over. you. Like there's nothing you can say. You, you, 2024 Oregon wins 3730 over Washington. You can talk that day. After that, you got to shut the hell up because they can say national champion. I'm sorry. When did you win a national title? Oh, that's right. You lost two. That's right. We we have two. But when did you look? Oh. Plus, they've won three conference titles recently. So this, this you, ha- you have to do, like, I don't want to advocate Tanya harding s things, but you know, you might want to hire a Galuli or two and send them over to Washington's practice and see if you can get, you know, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But it's. You it's might have like that
1: taken that. care of with Dylan Johnson anyways, but continue. <laughs> Right, but it's, I he did yeah. not look like he was going to be able to come back in a week last night, but we'll see.
0: Mm, yeah, well, they'll, they'll get him out there somehow. Um Anyway, so I just. Uh, this this is bad. This is a bad development. So pull from Michigan, do everything you can, to send good vibes Harbaugh's way and hope they win this.
1: Sending goodbye. Good good <laughs> vibes, Jim Harbaugh's way. Hey. That is that is where we're at. That is where is, Oregon is at. It's a fan base. It's
0: Ooh. and Oregon will deserve every ounce of it, because Oregon fans talk they talk a lot. And it's not just about that. And talking's fine, but you talk to talk, you gotta walk the walk. Maybe. And if you you know, things go the wrong way, you gotta you gotta you gotta eat it. And
1: all fan bases talk a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: not, this isn't, I mean, yeah. Washington's fan base is ridiculous. I mean, so this isn't just on Oregon, but it's just, this is like the worst thing that can happen.
1: Each fan base has its own, has its own interesting subplot, but they all are annoying in, (laughs) in, um, slightly different ways. Yes. And I'm even saying that about the Gonzaga fan base. Um, my <laughs> alma mater's fan base drives me absolutely bananas at times. Um, but it's different. <laughs> but it's a different kind of bananas than the Ducks or the Huskies or Wazoo. It's totally every, every yeah you know everybody yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll go on that rant. Um, anyways, um yeah you, uh, yeah.
0: Go ahead. You, you, else, you want to add anything else to that?
1: No no. I think I think you uh, I think you summed that want to add up. Very well, it's uh, yeah, they're <laughs> you, you have no rebuttals for quite some time until you win one, so uh, in fact, you have no rebuttals probably right, ever the- until you win one, so let's let's, yeah. Am I back?
0: Yeah, you're back. Okay, what was that? 37 seconds. Okay, 37 seconds. all right.
1: Um all right let's
0: go orchestrate real quick. Yeah. Lost 40 to 8 to Notre Dame. Expected another situation where maybe a matchup should have been shifted and adjusted because one team was clearly decimated by the loss of their coach and their top two quarterbacks. <laughs> uh but you know not not all is bad they, they got Keith Hayward back in the fold. He coached at uh Oregon is a great recruiter, and then he went to Nevada's D.C., is D.C. with Arroyo, and then to the NFL with the Raiders. and Now he's back with the Beavers where he played as defensive coordinator, so that was a good get, especially on the recruiting trail. And they got another transfer quarterback and uh, So, you know, there's some, there's some bright spots there, and then, of course, they got a lot of money to play with, right? So uh, how do you sort of look at things from Oregon State's perspective after the expected blowout loss?
1: hilarious that the sun bowl was sold out by the way hilarious but it was it was sold out and then somebody explained to me that there's a lot of notre dame fans because there's a lot of um a lot of obviously like mexican catholic people in el paso and then i was like oh it makes sense okay now i understand Uh so there you go (laughs) um but yeah that game was sold out uh yeah i mean you know they've kind of got like an interesting stable of quarterbacks for next year I, that I think the guy from Florida, I think is visiting. Um, I think I saw that last night that there's a guy from Florida who's visiting as well. So if they were to get or to get him, that would be their third transfer quarterback to come in. Um, but you know, uh, as, as much as we appreciate Ben Branson's efforts, I think, um, I think this game made it, clear that he probably is not the one next year so um yeah they're they're just in a really interesting transition spot right now you know you can't really judge anything on that game it is what it is um and yeah i mean you know we flush it we flush it just (laughs) can we forget it ever happened like, that's how I fit. And there's so many reasons why that game is like a, just don't even think about it. I mean, you know, the guy who is going to be the coach wasn't coaching. You've got a guy playing quarterback who is pretty obviously not going to be the quarterback next year. Um, you've got so many opt-outs, so many guys in the portal. Um, They did just lose another guy to the portal yesterday, Silas Boldens. So that's sad for them. That's their leading receiver who's gone. I'm not surprised. He's a pretty good kick returner. He had that crazy punt return against UC Davis this year. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That one where he, like, traversed the whole field to get to the end zone? It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, he's gone, so that's, that's disappointing <coughs> for them. But, you know, I was kind of shocked he hung on until the bowl game, honestly. Um, so shout out to him for that. Um, yeah, just a lot of there's just a lot of things to sort through right now before we kind of have a a full picture a, you know, a full picture of the puzzle, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I think the number one thing is to not put a lot of stock in that game because
0: yeah, it's the same as the reverse effect when they blew out Florida last year and Florida was a complete mess.
1: You yes. Know, it's like,
0: but but for Oregon State, that's still a big win because it's Florida. And you, <laughs> you got a big one exactly. in Florida, so you take it. But now this time you're going in under man against a much better Notre Dame team. And it just, it just is what it is. But a lot of guys got experience. And, you know, that's always good. And they've got – we talked about Giovanni McCoy coming over from Idaho, quarterback, and then they added yeah. – is it Gabari Johnson? Yeah, Gabari Johnson from yeah. the so zoo. So there's some, co- some competition there at quarterback. Uh, two experienced guys, so you, you at least will have some stability there yeah. in terms of, maybe you don't have a marquee superstar, but you're going to have a good quarterback situation. Jabari isn't
1: exactly experienced, but... He isn't? No, but, he didn't play at all for Mizzou this year. Oh,
0: never mind. I thought he played. So yeah. But you have experience with McCoy, who's been a... who's been a Yeah,
1: and you've guy. got a guy that was, I mean, he was offered by Oregon out of high school. Um, so, you know, you've got a guy that had a lot of had a lot of high level offers uh, coming out of coming out of HS. So you, you do have that at the very least.
0: Yeah. So but anyway, yeah, yes, a lot you're right. G- Gabari. Oh, he's from Tacoma. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Recruit. Um, he was, was this four star coming out? I don't know. Anyway, he gives you a good young quarterback to play behind. Exactly. Yeah, The kid from Idaho. So that's, that's a good situation to have moving forward. And you're going to, you're going to play an easier schedule. You know, to me if if they could just get above 500 next year, you know, and be bowl eligible, I think that would be huge for the reset. And I think that's definitely possible for them to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think so too. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, real quick before we go, you been paying attention to the Blazers at all?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been paying attention.
0: Me you haven't. You don't look. You turn away because you can. It's okay. I won't I won't I won't judge you.
1: No, I pay attention.
0: I, I, I turn away sometimes when I'm watching at home. <laughs>
1: I mean, was I uh, exactly attentive last night while UW was playing Texas? Uh, No.
0: Right? How hard was that? That was so hard for me to pay attention to the Blazers while that game was going on. Yeah, I was like, like, it was one of those things where
1: I looked up up at the end of the the first quarter. I was like, oh, they're ahead. And then I looked up at halftime and I went, "Mm, all right, we're regressing to the mean. And then we got done with the third quarter and I said, all right. (laughs) This, thank you for making my night super easy. I can run a 20-second thing where I say right off the top, they lost by 20. Here's the one good play that came like two minutes into the first quarter with Jeremy Grant just sky high, and we'll see y'all later. It made, it made a very easy highlight for me last night, which was nice because yesterday was, like, really busy for me. Um, so I appreciated the Blazers losing the way they did made it so easy for me to just skate on past that one. Like I said, 20 seconds and we out. See ya. We got other things to talk about today. So, um, so yeah. But th- th- this is, uh, you know when your leading scorer has 17 points, it's a rough yeah. situation. It was bad.
0: But that leading scorer was Scoot Henderson,
1: who has yes. been on fire. He's doing great. He Turn is the corner.
0: in the last four games.
1: Yeah, he's good. 17
0: and 11 against Sack and a win. He had twenty-five and four, though he didn't he didn't play that well against that San in that San game. Twelve points came in the fourth quarter long after the game was over. But still, he had a career high of twenty-five. Came back with twenty-two and eleven and seven as a starter with Ant out being sick. Um, and that was in a win over San Antonio. And then he started against a good team in Phoenix and went 17-6, to 6, didn't shoot all that well. 7-18, did have five turnovers, not good. But still, he's showing some signs.
1: Some signs of life. You impressed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... You have to keep your expectations at a certain level for a rookie point guard. So Who's 19. You know, makes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense that he struggled at the beginning and i think the decision to bring him off the bench was was and has been really beneficial for him and now we're starting to kind of reap the rewards of him being able to take <clears throat> a few minutes assess where the game is at come in and and make things happen you know that game that game against san antonio man it wasn't his scoring it was his assists that were just like oh right he had six okay. in one quarter
0: Big quarter, second quarter. Yeah, he.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, I, the, I see you, buddy.
0: Setting the table, and here is the killer thing: I tweeted about this the other day. Heading into the Suns game, over his last ten games, prior ten games before the Suns game, forty three percent on threes.
1: Ooh. Prior to that,
0: he shot eighteen percent in the first twelve games, whatever it was. So all of a sudden, dudes banging threes. He was six of twelve on threes in the two yeah. games against the Spurs. Yeah. So, you know, is that how long is that going to last? Of course, he's going to have some, you know, off nights coming up. But the Actually. fact of the matter is, over that stretch, you got to respect his three-point shooting, yeah. which is going to open everything up for him. So great signs from him. Not winning signs yet. You know, he's got a long way to go. But, man, got 17 and 11 off the bench against Sacramento. That's a good Sacramento team.
1: All I gotta rosters. say is we will take our wins, even if they are not literal wins, where we get them over this road trip because this is going oh. to be a rough 13 day stretch, and there ain't no other way to c- cut it. Okay, there are going to be L's, so we will find <laughs> silver linings in the L's because th- th- there's just no other way about this. Like this is not, it's not going to be pretty. Okay, this is not going to be pretty with this team, especially with you know how the roster looks right now, and it's. A lot of guys in and out, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a, yeah, it's not, you know, I, I, mostly I just, I just say a prayer that all the people on the 13 day road trip, make it back in one piece because that sounds (laughs) miserable.
0: Yeah. They start with the loss of Phoenix. They go to Dallas for two. I'm actually leaving tomorrow for Dallas. I'll be there for those. And then they go to New York for Brooklyn and New York. I'll be there for those two. Then they go to OKC in Minnesota. I'm not going to those two. (laughs) <laughs> coming home after New York uh, but yeah I, I don't there's there's no obvious win <clears throat> on this trip they could easily lose all seven it's the NBA and things happen and they get Ant Aiden back I think they could steal one maybe maybe Brooklyn maybe even the Knicks I don't see Minnesota happening I don't see OKC happening it's just a bad matchup for the Blazers has been for a while uh, if all those guys return, maybe they steal one in Dallas. And I'm not saying they steal all three of these possible steals. I'm saying maybe they get, that's where they get the one. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're going to go over seven, but we'll see. But yeah, it's going to be bad, but that's okay. Like you said, we, we, we don't care. We want to see Sharp come back get off the minutes restriction, regain his form. We want to see Ann Ayton get back healthy. We just want, I just want to see this team healthy and see what they can do. It's just it's like whenever they get guys back, then other guys go
1: out. It's just, Anyway, it's a domino effect, man. It's driving me nuts. All right.
0: Well, that was good. Good work.
1: We did it and we did
0: and it. We've an got to
1: give our podcasting software a thumbs up as well because what the people at home don't know is that we have dealt with significant issues over the last <laughs> like month or so with this thing cutting out all over the place and us having to get back in and hop back in and today Riverside Studio we needed you to be perfect. <laughs> And our internet connection, we needed you to be perfect, and you did it. So yes, to Comcast and Riverside, <laughs> you were our real MVPs today. Thank you very much. We did it. I can't believe it against all odds. Way to go, Aaron.
0: You know it. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I do think, I think most of the problems a couple podcasts ago were, was my internet because I had to go get a new modem. But that's another story. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Oregon Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our subtext feature. Just text JOIN to 503-386-0095. You already see the link. Click the link. And start a 14-day trial. get text to myself and Bill Orr and James Crepia and Nick Dashel and others. All right, Brenna, you have a good week. I'm going to hit the road. I'm trying not to get into too much trouble in New York. Who am I kidding? I won't leave my hotel room unless I'm at the game. But anyway <laughs> But uh we'll touch base when I get back from my trip.
1: Alright? Alright. Alright.